0: I feel you near. Once more, you're
1: my love of yesteryear. The best old time radio from people you trust. The Radio Nostalgia Network, where the oldies are still young.
0: Stand by for an hour of fun and merriment as Bristol Myers present The Alan Young Show, followed by The New Gracie Fields Show with Fred Brady. Stand by, fun's coming. And now, Bristol Myers, the makers of Sal Hepatica for the Smile of Health and Vitalis for Hair That's Well Groomed, present The Alan Young Show. gentlemen, this is Ken Delmar, speaking on behalf of those two old friends, Sal and Vitalis, and welcoming you to the Alan Young Show, featuring our singing star, Diane Courtney, the music of Peter Van Steeden, Lulu McConnell, and starring Alan Young. (laughs) And now, folks, it's time for our regular Tuesday night visit to Alan Young's house. Let's see if he's home.
2: Oh, hello, Kenny. Come on in. Oh, thanks. Uh, just shaving with my electric razor. Excuse me while I finish, huh? Right. There. Kenny, aren't these electric razors wonderful? Look, it shaved every bit of fuzz off these peaches.
3: <laughs> see, I've got so
2: many things to do, Kenny. I've got to write a letter. Well, now. don't mind me,
0: Alan. I'll sit down here on the couch.
2: I've been meaning to write this letter for a long while. It's to a guy who owes me some money. Ah, uh, we'll make it a good, strong letter, Alan. I will. Let's see. How's this? Dear Larry... Who owes me a lot of money? You. Who never paid me back? You. Who is a chiseler and a rat? Yours truly, Alan Young.
3: (laughs) Here. That
2: ought to hold him. Let's see. There was something else I had to do. I want to put this picture up on the wall. Will you help me, Kenny? Sure. Okay. Okay, You hammer and I'll hold the nail. Yeah, okay. Give me the hammer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You hit your finger with a hammer, Kenny. No, I didn't. I hit yours. You did?
0: Oh <laughs> <Stay out. laughs> I uh I meant to tell you that I dropped by here last night and you weren't home. Where did you go?
2: Last night oh I was dabbling in culture, really. You know, the opera opened, so I went to New York to see a performance of Carmen at the Metropolitan Opera House. Got all dressed up too. Oh, my top hat, white tie, but I felt chilly. Why? My bathrobe kept flying open. Did you sit in the box, Alan? No, I sat on the aisle. For 50 cents more, I could have sat on a seat. <laughs> I was way up on the balcony. I sat behind a guy who was six foot three tall. Oh, then
0: you couldn't see anything.
2: Oh, yes, I could. I was lucky. The guy had a hole in his head.
3: <laughs> really a very
2: smart guy. Uh, who can that be? Hello, Alan. Oh, Diane Courtney. Come on in, Diane. Diane, uh, you're a singer. You'll be interested in this. I was just telling Kenny about the performance of Carmen I saw last night. Oh, I can't understand it, Alan. You, of all people, going to the
4: Metropolitan.
2: What do you know about opera? What do I know about opera? Why, well, I, Diane, I was, I was born in an opera house. When my parents saw me, they were very disappointed. What did they expect? Rigoletto.
3: <laughs> my
2: father was something of a composer, you know. Once he started to write a piano sonata for four hands, but he gave it up. After all, who has four hands? Then <laughs> oh. my, uh, my uncle was a musician, too. He played the Tom-Tom. The Tom-Tom? Yes, and don't sneer, Kenny. It's a very difficult instrument. It can't be played by any Tom-Tom, Dick-Dick, or Harry-Harry. <laughs> and I've been planning to put on my own opera sometime. Well, who can that be? How are you, Mr. Young? Are you home? Why, it's little David Ditton not Pfeffer from across the street. Come on in, David. Hiya, Davy. Hello, David. Hello. How do you do, Mr.
5: Delmar and Miss Courtney? I am truly overjoyed to see you.
2: <laughs> oh, David, you certainly have your manners with you today. What makes you act so gentlemanly?
5: Christmas is only two weeks away. I know, Joy. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm glad you came over, David. I was just going to tell Miss Courtney and Mr. Delmar about an opera I saw last night, and I want you to listen, too. Pay strict attention. This is going to be very educational, you bet you.
0: <laughs>
3: Mr. Young, hmm? did
2: you know that
5: my father is a new mu- musician. Mu- uh... He's a
0: what, David, boy? He's a
2: what?
5: Musician. Good
2: old... <laughs>
5: He played the violin, but he gave it up and started playing the piano.
2: Well, why did he take up the piano?
5: His glass of beer was always falling off the violin, nosy.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, bless your little... Now, David, (laughs) David, your levity is out of place in such a cultural discussion.
5: Oh, don't be so at me, Mr. Young. Here, I'll let you play with my (laughs) yo-yo.
2: I'm too old to play with a yo-yo. I'm not in the habit of doing such juvenile things.
3: <laughs>
2: String wasn't very strong, was it? Now, <laughs> uh, David Boy, pay attention, and I'll tell you all about the opera Carmen. You bet you. Now, uh, Carmen was written by the famous composer Georges Alexander César Leonard Bizet. How do you spell it? Uh, C-A-R-M-E-N. <laughs> George Bizet was born in 1853 and died in oblivion, which is 20 miles south of Paris.
5: Now the, young uh... Mr. Young, I just remembered that I had to go to music school.
2: Music school? Oh, what instrument are you studying?
5: The glamour hawk.
2: The, the glamour hawk? What's that?
5: It's a big, long tube, 39 feet long. And you play it by blowing into each end of the tube at the same time.
2: Well, how can you blow into both ends of a tube 39 feet long at the same time?
5: Do you have to do it? No. And what are you worried about? <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, David, you can run along home now. Be good.
5: I sure will. You bet you. So long, Mr. Young. <laughs>
2: Well, if that kid's head was the North Pole and his feet were the South Pole, I'd love to have my hands spend 30 seconds over Tokyo. <laughs>
3: Let's see, where
0: was I? Oh, yeah, about the opera.
4: You know, Alan, I've always wished that we had an opera in this town. Yeah,
0: I've heard a lot of people say the same thing, Diane.
2: Oh? And I've often felt that we needed one, too. So why can't we put on our own original opera? I'll write it, and, Diane, you can sing the lead, and... Peter Van Steeden can get an orchestra together with the local musicians. We'll rent the town hall for the performance. It's a great idea. We'll do it. It sounds great, Alan, but what will we use for money? Money? Oh, well, we'll get it from Mrs. Lulu Vandercrust. She's the wealthiest woman in town. She's just filthy with lucre. Alan, this makes me very happy.
0: Yeah, and it makes me happy, too. Oh, Kenny, you're always happy. No, no, I mean that I'm happy that good music will at long last come to our town. You know, I write music. Oh, really, Kenny? Yeah, I compose music in bed. What kind of music can you compose in bed? Sheet music.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bless his little.
0: (laughs) I thought maybe you'd let me put a song I wrote in your opera. What song? I beg your pardon? I say, what's the name of the song? Oh. Is you is or is you ain't going to get Sal Hepatica? Oh, no. Because if you is, you're going to be helped. And if you ain't, you ain't. I'm serious. I know you are, Kenny. Well, the fact is, hepatica is a great help when you feel sick and headachy due to the need of a laxative, particularly when you wake up in the morning. For a glass of salhepatica taken then brings quick, gentle relief, usually within an hour. And that means you don't have to risk feeling miserable all day to wait until night to take a laxative. You can always take hepatica the minute you need it. What's more, sparkling hepatica brings you this additional advantage. This famous saline helps sweeten an upset stomach by helping to reduce excess gastric acidity. So tonight or tomorrow, get a bottle of Sal Hepatica from your druggist. Remembering this caution, use only as directed. Keep that bottle handy in your home or in your place of business. Then whenever you need a laxative, morning, noon, or night, see how much faster you feel better, thanks to gentle, speedy Sal Hepatica. <laughs> And here's our glamorous singing star, Diane Courtney, to sing the Trolley Song.
4: With my high starch collar and my high top shoes And my hair piled high up on my head I went to lose a jolly hour on the trolley And lost my heart instead With this light brown derby And his bright green tie He was quite the handsomest of men I started to yell So I counted to ten Then I counted to ten again Clang, clang, clang went for trolley Ding, ding, ding went the bell. Ding, ding, ding went my heartstrings. For the moment I saw him, myself fell. Jug, jug, jug went the motor. Bump, bump, bump went the brake. Bump, bump, bump went my heartstrings. When he smiled, I could feel the car shake. He tipped his hat and took a seat He said he hoped he hadn't stepped upon my feet He asked my name, I held my breath I couldn't speak because he scared me half to death Buzz, buzz, buzz went the buzzer Flop, flop, flop went the wheel Stop, stop, stop went my heart's As he started to leave, I took hold of his sleeve with my hand, and as if it were planned, he stayed on with me, and it's grand, just to stand with his hand holding mine, to the end of
2: at Mrs. Vandercrust's house. hope she'll lend me the money to put on my opera. She's so wealthy. She's the leader of the town society set. I'll be extra nice to her. I'll talk to her as if I were one of the 400, too. Ah, good day, Mrs. Vandercrust. I'm charmed to see you again. Simply charmed. And I'm charmed to see you, my dear. Come in, won't you? And please excuse the untidy
5: state in which you find my establishment.
2: Oh, what do you mean?
5: The dump's a mess, Jerry. <laughs>
2: this woman is one of the four hundred. She must have been marked down to three
5: ninety-eight. Come right here, honey. This is the library. Oh, were you having tea? No, I used to drink tea in England, but I can't drink it the American way. Why not? The bag gets caught in my throat. <laughs> Are you dying?
2: Mrs. Vandercrust, uh, I came over here to talk to you about an opera I'm writing. Do you know anything about the opera? My
5: dear boy, before I started dancing in the Follies, I sang opera. Huh? I was a, in the
3: Barber of
2: Seville. Oh, what part did you play?
3: A hot towel. Hey <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't> that rich? <laughs>
2: I like
5: the Follies better. Huh? Yes, but I had to quit because my foot was always cold.
2: Well, why was your foot always cold?
5: Because I danced in the follies with a hole in my stockings. <laughs> I was wonderful in the follies. Oh? On opening night one of my admirers gave me an orchid. I still have it.
2: Oh, by now it must be a century plant. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, look, Mrs. Vandercourt, the reason why I brought up the subject of the opera is because we're going to put one on the town hall, but we need money. Would you back us?
5: Why, of course, dearie, of course. What's the opera going to be about, honey?
2: Well, I don't know exactly. I haven't started to write it yet.
5: I've got an idea. Yeah? Why don't you write an opera about my life? You could call it La Traviata Rigoletto Il Travator.
2: La Traviata Rigoletto Il Trovatore. That's the story of your life? Yes. Yeah. What does it mean? woo <laughs> oh, goodbye, Mrs. Vandercrust. I have to go to the public library and do some research.
5: Cheers, Come So long,
2: dearie. <laughs> Here I am in the library. I have to do some research for my opera. Oh, there's the librarian. Something I could do for you. Yes, I'm writing an opera. I'd like to see some books. The music some... books are over there. Yeah, but I'd like to... Over there! But I want to... Over there!
3: <laughs>
2: Who does you think he is? George M. Cohan?
3: <laughs> 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 Let's
2: see these reference books. How to write librettos. How to write allegros. How to write cantatas. <laughs> Not a darn thing about music.
3: <laughs> oh, here's
2: a big pile of books here. Gosh, they're piled way up to the ceiling. The book I want is right at the bottom. Oh, well, I'll just pull it out. There. I guess everybody thought the whole pile was going to fall down. Oh, <laughs> <Fruity>, didn't I?
3: <laughs> no! Quiet! 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 <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. All the books were piled up to... This... Very high and my book was in...
3: Very bottom, and I pulled it out. The whole thing fell. Away. <laughs>
2: Plunk. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh... Oh,
5: Mr. Young. Mr. Young. Oh, it's my
2: girlfriend Betty. Hello, Betty. Oh,
5: Mr. Young. I hear you're writing an opera. Oh, that's so sophisticated of you.
2: Yeah. Well, I hope the people don't expect anything too Avoir de langue d'amour because they're not gonna get it.
5: Why not?
2: I don't know what it means.
3: <laughs>
5: oh, you'll write a wonderful opera, Mr.
2: Young. Oh, sure. Of course I got music in my blood. You want me to bleed something for you?
5: <laughs> it's
2: a wonderful opera. See, in the first act about all the people What
5: key are you writing it in? All the
2: Hm? What
5: key are you writing it in?
2: You think it's more than one? Oh,
5: Mr. Young, I don't think. I know.
2: I don't think I know either. But I'm not worried. If I need more music, I'll have Beethoven write a few more pages. He had lunch with me yesterday.
5: But, Mr. Young, Beethoven's been dead for a hundred years. How could he have lunch with you yesterday?
2: He forced himself.
5: (laughs) Tell me about the story of the opera, Mr. Young. Yes.
2: Well, it's about a boy and a girl. They're of different sexes, of course.
5: Oh, Mr. Young. You mean like you and me?
2: Yeah, if you'll pardon the expression.
3: <laughs>
5: Mr. Young? Yes, Betty? My shoulders are cold.
2: Hey, they are?
5: Yes. I'm very cold. And we're all alone back here.
2: Yeah?
5: <laughs> Can't you think of anything to do about it?
2: Sure. There. That'll make them send up some more steam. (laughs) Betty, let's look look at some of the travel books, shall we? Here's a book. It's Oh, this is a book on Niagara Falls. Betty. Yes?
5: Oh. Oh, Mr. Young, you're so daring.
2: (laughs) Betty...
3: (laughs) Betty,
2: after we're... I mean, after we've had our... Uh, when we go on our... You
5: say young. You mean you want us to go to Niagara Falls?
2: Yeah. I want that more than anything else in the world.
5: Oh, Niagara Falls and our honeymoon. Oh, do you really mean it?
2: Sure. I always did want to see how they made that shredded wheat. <laughs> He's an unpredictable sort of chap. Oh, well. Gee. Look at the time. I'm going to need some help with my opera. I'll go down to the drugstore and ask Kenny if you'll help me paint some scenery. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny. Oh, he isn't here. Nobody's in the store. Gee, look. Kenny's got a new shipment of candy over there on the counter. Nobody's around. Oh, I'll go over and feel it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Soft centers. <laughs>
3: I don't know why
2: Kenny doesn't keep... Ah, uh, hello, Alan. Oh, hello, Kenny. I just dropped in to ask if you'd do me a favor. I've got to work on my opera, and I wonder if you'd go down to the town hall and paint the scenery. I'll stay here in the drugstore for you and take care of any customer who happens to
0: drop in. Yeah, okay, Alan, but be sure you're nice to the customer. Oh, sure. Yeah, especially the men.
2: Why, of course I will, if they're bigger than me.
0: Oh, you won't have any trouble, Alan. It's just that we druggers try to be particularly patient with our men customers. Especially when they come in and ask for Vitalis.
2: But civilians can't get Vitalis anymore.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it's quite a disappointment to so many of them who've come to depend on Vitalis to help keep their hair well-groomed.
2: All right, Kenny. I'll be very nice to anybody who comes in.
0: Yeah, and explain to them, Alan, that the reason civilians can't get Vitalis is because Bristol Myers were faced with wartime shortages and couldn't supply both civilians and servicemen. So they decided that the servicemen come first. And so, all Vitalis made is going to the armed forces. Kenny, somebody's going to hate me for this, but why
2: should a guy fighting a war want Vitalis?
0: Well, remember, Alan, all of the boys are not at the fighting front. Think of how many boys are still in this country. And think of how many boys over there get leave.
2: So they really want Vitalis, huh?
0: Well, they must, for they're certainly buying it at their post exchanges and ship stores. That's why Bristol-Myers are giving priority to all orders for Vitalis coming from the armed forces. I guess once civilians understand this, they'll agree that the men in service come first. Don't you think so?
2: Well, kid, it's time to put on the opera. The orchestra's ready. The audience is in their seats. Everybody here? Uh, no, no,
0: Alan. Huh? You're really, needy. Diane Courtney didn't show up. She didn't show up. Yeah, she can't sing. She's got laryngitis. What are you going to do?
2: Do? Well, I'll I'll, I'll have to get somebody to take her place. A a beautiful girl with a charming figure, a gorgeous voice.
5: Did you call me, Jerry?
2: (laughs) No, Mrs. Vandercrust. I'm trying to get somebody to sing the leading role in place of Diane.
5: Well, what has Diana Courtney got that I haven't got? And if I had it, where would I have room to put it?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, Mrs. Vandercrust... is going up, Mr. Young. Well, there's no time. Mrs. Vandercrust, i got to take a chance on you. There's my cue. i got to get out there. Here I go on stage, kids. Wish me luck. <laughs>
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, while other masters have written operas about love and tragedy, I have chosen a somewhat different topic for our opera tonight. The subject of a physician type doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I see our maestro, uh, our <laughs> Peter Van Steeden, is ascending the podium.
3: <laughs>
2: and from the basement, he will conduct the orchestra. <laughs> Peter Van Steeden and his orchestra are composed entirely of local talent. mind playing the overture as is? I am playing it as
3: is. Well, then play it is as.
2: Up, we find ourselves in a doctor's office. The rise of the curtain will be signified by a roll on the timpani. Whoo! Hello,
5: dearie! (laughs) Mrs.
2: Vanderkruis, don't stand so close to the kettle drum. Oh. (laughs) doctor's beautiful nurse enters and sings the opening aria. Oh, calling Dr.
3: Killeder.
4: Dr. Killeder.
3: Where, oh, where is oh, Dr. Killeder? Oh, where, oh, where? Come out, come
4: out, where?
2: Where?
3: Operating room. room, 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 room.
2: Here I am, nurse. Why am I warned? Ah, cut it out, Jerry. Mrs. Vandercross. Please keep well back, will
3: <laughs> The patient
2: is lying on the table. What is wrong with her? She
3: will tell you the story herself.
5: <laughs> Would you mind giving me that again, Miss Deering? <laughs>
2: Mrs. Van I must listen to your respiration. Breathe deeply.
5: Let the
3: Is
2: Let me examine your eyes. What can you see?
5: I think that I shall never see. A poem lovely
3: as a tree. <laughs>
2: Lassie, go home.
3: No, it is time to operate.
2: Instruments.
3: Now to operate.
2: The
4: operation is over. It
2: is a complete success. There is nothing more to be done. Oh, yes, there is. The most important thing of all. We can't go on without it. Is it? It's just my bill.
3: Uh,
0: just a moment, Alan. I want to read a telegram that we've just received. It's addressed to Alan Young and it reads, "We are happy to inform you that you have been selected by the radio editors of the United States and Canada in the ninth annual poll conducted by the Motion Picture Daily for Fame as first in the most promising star of tomorrow classification." Unquote.
2: Thank you, Kenny. I want to thank the radio editors of the United States and Canada and also Motion Picture Daily for their kindness. Thank you.
1: Hi, this is Pat Matthews for Humphrey Camardella Productions with a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for all you Beatles fans. That Beatles collection of yours just won't be complete without the Pop Goes the Beatles limited edition collection. It's the Beatles like you've never heard them before. Not just the music, but never-before-released recording sessions, interviews, concerts, and a host of entertainment that's just not available anywhere else. And because of a special arrangement we've made with our sponsor for our listening audience, you're going to be able to purchase this complete 45-CD set of Pop Goes the Beatles, a regular $197, now only $179, shipping included. Or you can start your collection with Volume 1 for just $69.99. But remember, you must use the promo code POPCAST1 to get these great prices. We don't know how long this offer will continue, so don't miss out. Act today, and here's how you can do it. Call the toll-free number 1-888-9BEATLE, or go to BeatlesNetwork.com and order today.